Welcome to Altus Insights podcast series with Ray and Marlin, hosted by me, Avi. This podcast will cover monthly market updates and construction cost impacts across major markets in Canada. So today's podcast is being done a little on the fly outside of the typical uh, scheduled subjects. As everyone knows, we live in interesting times and an ever-evolving period of uncertainty. So today we're going to discuss the national state of the market. Unfortunately, Avi is not well today, so you're stuck with me and Ray, who's in Houston. Um, he just woke up. Unfortunately, our na- national DART team don't actually do any work before 11 a.m. Um, we've got one question today, and me and Ray are going to chat about it. I'll, I'll let Ray go first off. My opinion will go backwards and forwards a wee bit. So, so what has happened so far this year since we did the last market discussion in February 2022? And Ray, if you want to go first on the market side. The, the, the challenge, uh, thanks, Marlon. Um, the, the challenge we're, we're, we're facing right now is that uh, the real estate data itself, the statistics, is, is a bit of a lagger, right? So we, we started off the years very strong with overall investment activity um, totals and capital markets. But that was a result of fourth quarter, the activity in fourth quarter 2021. So, so far, what we've seen this year is that overall um, demand for um, investment product remains strong. But with what we've seen over the last number of weeks with with inflation numbers continuing to move upwards and um, and with respect to interest rates, there's almost like... I don't want to say a reset in expectations, but there's also a a bit of a a, a pause. But at the same time, everything seems to be moving forward. When I I say that, it's the numbers, right? It's it's higher higher, um, borrowing costs. It's it's, um, some of the, the, the financial institutions that are taking a bit of a step back, that they're not over... That, that overzealous with with certain amount of loans and are, um, are are pulling back a little bit, but they're still lending, but perhaps not um, as aggressive compared to um, um, fourth quarter uh, uh, of um, last year. And the overall expectations on returns as well, especially with interest rates moving up. And uh, what does that do to expectation on returns? So cap rates were, you know, beginning of the year, we're talking about flat. Um, but what we're seeing is uh, perhaps the expectation from buyers expecting a bit of a lift in cap rates, perhaps in the tertiary markets or um, in the, the, the B and C class buildings, definitely with the core buildings that there's still a lot of demand, especially with with what's happening on the industrial and the multifamily side, where um, uh, availability rates remain very tight, and as well as continued increase in in rental rates for both those sectors, but when you look at the the, the retail side, again you, you're having a, a return, less restrictions, and more people uh, coming into retail, and as well as when you're downtown, which I know you are today, Marlon, that. The food courts are getting busier. Um, pedestrian, it's, the sidewalks are getting busier. I'm not sure if that's the warmer weather, but people are slowly making this return back into the to the office. So one, the retail is picking up, and on office, actually, what we're seeing is is that there's still demand for that, or quite a bit of demand for that newer class building. 
especially with um, public tra- uh, transportation lines. And, um, and um, so there's a, a, a demand for that. So we're starting to see a little bit of the tenant inducements come off, especially on the core assets and uh, the A buildings, where there's a little bit concern, and there was concern um, a couple of months ago as well, on the, the B and C buildings, whether or not um, they're, um, whether or not um, they can meet the certain standards with the new safety protocols and people feel safe to come back in. So when you look at the office side with overall new supply, um, that um, lease activity remains um, strong in that area. There has been very limited, if any, um, lease cancellations. And the typical um, firms are still leasing space from tech, financial. So there's definitely a lot more lease activity or inquiries. But we have to wait the next couple of quarters to see the actual results in the office front and see where that goes and whether or not the, the, the return to the office returns. So a bit of a slight turn from back in February, Marlon, but um, it's, it's still heading in the direction. We're, we, we see maybe a, a few corrections in the road, but um, nothing sort of massive that that we think that the, the market's going to turn in, um, negative or any particular U-turn or change in direction. So then I need to, now I'm hanging out for Avi and I'm representing Avi today. I have to say that was interesting, Ray. So I'll jump through. I'll do my side of things, which I think is a little more doom and gloom. So Ray's nice and positive about the market. And then we'll jump into what we see on the construction side of things. And I think as a good image, we've changed the front of our market deck now to a deer in the headlights. So that's kind of the imagery that we're representing right now on the construction side, because it is becoming a challenge significantly in Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto of all. And basically what's not happened since February, it's an evolving train wreck in the market where finally we've got a government that's recognized as a supply side challenge on the residential. I mean, it took them a decade to get there as we come out of a pandemic, but we've hit the highest sustained construction escalation in a generation. This year started off, we've got rampant inflation, Timelines for approvals are actually getting worse through the year, especially in Toronto. It's where good ideas go to die in red tape. There's this insatiable appetite for taxing, levying, and crushing the hopes of home buyers and developers who are just trying to build homes for people. And basically, it's just turned into this endless list of problems. So right now in Ontario, we have a strike on the residential and the ICI trades, um, specifically local 183, local 27, so formwork framing, um, carpet, hardwood, local 793s out, which is the operating engineer. So we've got about 40,000, 45,000 workers out on strike right now. And that's going to obviously have an impact much larger than the duration of the strike. We've got supply chain chaos. Um, I think Ray, when we're having this pre-conversation, said he's going to go take a site visit to that in Houston today. So um, add on to the supply chain chaos we already had. Now we have China in COVID lockdowns exacerbating an already broken system, geopolitical issues that continue in Europe. And in essence, it's turned into a gong show from what was already terrible. Commodities are all over the place. Double-digit increases have continued to be erratic. No anticipation for normality till next year. Inflation, which is in essence chronically out of control in the whole of North America, that impacts us all. Um, gas prices are... Ex- well, the good news about gas prices are exactly in the range that the Liberals would like to reduce our carbon footprint. If only someone had this idea of building some pipelines for oil and gas before, I suppose hindsight's always a solution to a problem. Um, Labour, again, once we come back to work, especially in Ontario, but across Canada, there's just not enough. And although there's tweaks around the edges being done, we've got a real problem coming as we now start to address the supply side and ramp up the supply side. Do we have the workers to cover it off? 
Um, look under in Ontario, for example, we've got 110,000 units under construction, double 2015 levels, Montreal's double 2015 levels, Vancouver's ramping up quickly. And basically, we've probably added 25, 30% capacity to cope with this and doubled the market. Then we got the spending frenzy that's starting to show the signs of light. In February, we made jokes about the government starting to spend money. That spending frenzy is starting to see the light of day now from all levels of government. Basically, they can't print it fast enough. And again, they don't work in the same rules as the private sector does. We have a budget. We have an economical, rational response. Basically, it's politics 100% of the time. Going to housing suppliers, we continue the good news. It's basically a mess. So Toronto has become an even worse place to do business. I always make the joke go to Houston, which is where Ray and Johannes is. Um, but it's just it's just a complete gong show with the endless policies. And again, we're focusing back in Toronto, uh, um, since January, we've had the DC increases, the park increases proposed. And it just keeps coming out on Toronto Green Standards, inclusionary zoning, now looking at it in Ottawa and Toronto, not versus the BC version, tanking of basements. Basically, you start to look at all of this stuff. If I look at the average price of a condo in Toronto, it needs to go up $75,000, $115,000 a year just to cover off what the government's doing on their side. That's before we get into construction escalation. And I, I'm getting tired of hearing this comment, well, developers can afford it. Look at the cranes. Well, here's a newsflash for everybody that, that says that. The purchaser pays, not the developer. It's in either the end price or... It's in the recoveries. So the only person that gets screwed nine times out of 10 is the person in the street trying to buy a home. Now, CMHC came out, um, I think it was last week or the week before, and they finally saying, oh, we have a housing supply issue, not just a bubble, which is kind of funny because we're actually going into a small bubble at the moment they start moving on to housing supply. But basically since 2003, housing starts across Canada, especially in Toronto, actually decreasing. And Toronto's fairly chronic. It's gone from 85 per 10,000 people down to sub 60. During the same period, the average household size is shrinking too. So we actually need more homes. So we're actually supplying less in effect for an increase in population. But on a positive note, at the current pace of increases on inflation, on interest rates, it's going to really deal with the supply side, demand side problem. I a recession is going to fix the construction issue. So if we have a recession, construction prices will correct themselves real quick. And it's just a shame people need places to live but won't be able to afford them now, right? Now the inflation's in a place where it's probably balanced. The question is where does, I mean, the interest rates, the question is where do interest rates go from here? So I think to Ray's point, we're starting to see deals slowing down a little bit. People are looking at them, we'll figure it out. But it's becoming a real challenge. And if you look at construction escalation, basically since January, February, We've upped it about 2-3% in Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto from earlier projections. Vancouver, we've tweaked it very slightly, but this seems to be becoming a made-in-the-east challenge with the number of homes that are under construction and the acceleration we have. I'm not sure, Ray, if you're seeing the same. The interest rate seems to be the big talking point now and inflation. Well, that's a bit of the wild card because when you look at the interest rates and you look at some of the 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 cap rates that are um, being in in the market right now, and you know that 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 gap between the interest rates and um, the returns is getting narrow and narrower. So whether or not it's, it's sort of a medium long term hold, and the sort of the, hopefully the numbers sort of work out in the medium long term, but the short term that's where the where the challenge is, and 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 there's a lot more scrutinization of the. The actual numbers and the potential returns, because it's, it's sort of like a bet on the capital market side. So there's a lot of discussions right now that there's a premium that being paid for industrial buildings with very um, sort of um, 
short-term leases left um, with, with within the building, and then that way they, um, the the purchasers have an upside return on on rents. But is that the same for office? If if um, we don't see this uh, return back to the office and there's sort of a reconfiguration of uh, space requirements again, and we see more space sort of being returned to the marketplace just because of, of downsizing or not needing in space. So, so do you go long or short on the office side, right? And it's there's no right or wrong at this point. We just have to wait to see the next 12 to 18 months. And, and Marlon, with these calls now, I, I, I hate to say, I think I'm turning a little bit more negative, um, but there are some 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 concerns that we have on on uh, the office front. And again, there's not enough data yet, but again, the lease activity and the inquiries are there. And same thing with with uh, industrial. It's, you know, we've seen rents gone, going up, uh, have gone up by 20 or 30% the last um three to four, uh, five years, and now there's a push, well, Southwest Ontario benefits in Toronto, and as well as the outskirts of, um, um, you know, if you look at Western Canada, Calgary, and uh, Edmonton benefit from the tightness in uh, Vancouver, and Montreal has also benefited from, from that expansion into some of the secondary tertiary markets on the industrial front, but for the, for the, the, the warehouse or the users that need to be in the urban areas, that need that that location, uh, whether or not they can bear the, the cost. So it's not just the, the logistic cost, and we already talked about uh, in previous calls the, the shortage of labor in in that area, increase and also um, gas prices and material costs. That uh, whether or not that actually starts to slow down the economy. And I know Mark. Marlon, your, your comment was, um, and I've heard this a number of times as well, the recession might be actually a good thing to slow down the market, put everything back in check, but whether or not it goes too far based on the interest rates, because the other discussion is that the interest rate increases that we've seen is a little bit too late that it should have happened sooner to really pull down this whole thing with, with inflation. And this is both um, in the U.S. and in Canada. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, so those are a few additional comments on my side. Yeah, and I think it, and that's part of the thing where it's interesting because we're in a period of uncertainty. We probably likely have access to more data and more information than anyone else in the market when it comes to real estate. And if, if we find it's uncertain to predict now, uh, that it's got to be a real interesting time for the clients. And obviously the good news is the market is, the fundamentals are strong. It seems to be it's going to be a short-term pain, long-term gain. And I think that's the challenges you start to see on the housing front now where people are holding off a little bit. I think it's more fear. And someone said to me yesterday in a presentation, there's always been fear in the real estate market. And if you don't have fear, it's a good way to end up bankrupt at some point or out of business. So even in the good times, you've got to live by fear. I think it's the uncertainty that's really starting to make people nervous. I know in the home buying front, we've already got a couple of uh, colleagues that have stopped looking for a home now because they're waiting to see what will happen. They're, they're tired. They've been in bidding wars for homes and they just want to wait and see what's happened. They're looking at interest rates going, you know what, I'll just hold off six months. What will happen? And I think that's what we're entering as a period. And I think you're going to see the same on the institutional side with some of the investments they do. There'll be a little bit more due diligence or holding until they maybe pull the trigger than there would have been six months ago, just with how unsettled the, the whole world really is. 
Yeah, and, and and that's key because this whole talk about um, recession and stagflation, a lot of that noise started sort of uh, almost a month ago, when people started searching the web uh, with 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 the possible recession or or stagflation impact on the economy. So it's that psyche that um, based on you know the the direction of the of the, of the stock market and this. Um, continued um, pressure on prices um, that whether or not everyone just comes to a, to a halt in spending or just spe- spending on necessity. So it'll be interesting with all the restrictions coming off and, you know, the airlines are starting to have increased um, traffic, whether or not people just stay at home just because the, the, the airfare prices and everything else has, have really gone up in, a, in the, in the last couple of months. Yeah, and I think that's the, the question is, it's a return to normal as you come out of the pandemic in, and how business returns, like we mentioned with hybrid, um, we've mentioned with house buying sentiments and whatnot. I think that we're in that period now where I don't think anybody actually knows what's going to happen for the rest of this year, either at the economy level or when you start getting into real estate. I think we can have very educated guesses. We can deal with risk because we have a lot of experience. We've dealt with this stuff. But I think I don't think anyone knows with 100% certainty what's going to happen for the rest of this year. I, I agree with you. This is a uh, let's see how things go. But I think the challenge right now is everyone's dealing with so many both local challenges at the municipal level and dealing with how the municipalities reacting to the situation. Well, obviously in Ontario we have the provincial election going, and then God knows what the feds are going to do next. It's everything's uncertain. Add on to that the global issues, and you're just in this place where. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? So planning for that is a lot different than maybe it was pre-pandemic. And, and Marlon, even with you and I, with the number of calls we're taking and the number of presentations are, are, are just accelerating, especially in the last last few weeks. So there's there's more sort of um, not just phone calls, but um, that, that they actually want to meet to discuss the, the potential risk in, in certain areas. And uh, I'm, we're, we're doing a, a meeting next week, and it's concerns about the industrial market. And you would think that that's, that should be one of the, the most stable assets, but there's, there's a little bit of concerns with everything we just mentioned with, with um, you know, the supply constraints and the, the, the escalating um, rents and whether or not um, companies can, can bear these increases and and how do we how do we even get land or buy land that is is suitable and it's not just buying land especially on the industrial front but it's actually having the the actual labor to be able to support it and then, uh, last week when we we're in chicago we we're talking to um uh, a, a, an order down here and he was talking about 80 um 80 foot clear buildings and, and basically those buildings are Warehouse logistics is 100% automated and is blocked off to anybody because it's too dangerous to get people actually into that space based on 80 feet, right? So it's, it's interesting how people are looking to, to maximize their space. And you look at multiple stories, but again, everyone is, is sort of pivoting that change and what the requirements are, as well as to balance all the costs and the other challenges with what you said with labor. It's not just on the construction side, but the, the unemployment rate on Friday in Canada dropped again and continued tightness. So it'll be interesting to see hopefully some positive impact with uh, the increase in immigration that we're going to see this year. Yeah, if you build it, can you actually have people to run it? 
Yeah, and then exactly. it, like you touched on the land side, can, can you imagine underwriting a deal right now, how difficult that is? I'm going to buy the land today, especially on, say, a multi-res. You're in Toronto. It's going to take four years for approvals, and you're probably going to have it built eight years out, and you're trying to do a purpose-built rental. And that's the challenge, I think. It's you don't – a DC is going to go up again. I mean, 49%. Is it 100%? If I go out to Montreal, you know, they got the 20-20-20. We've already seen the changes with the, the the step code and whatnot. So, again, I think right now it's 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 much more difficult to underwrite a deal with any level of certainty. But as we know in development, um, development goes ahead with people who take risk. It's an entrepreneurial yeah. business. It keeps continuing like that. It's about balancing risk. I think I've made this joke before. If I put 20% contingency on every project, I'd never go over budget, but I'd probably never have another development deal ever again. So... <laughs> It's that, that balance in the risk. And I know in the presentations, we always have the known knowns, the known unknowns, and that Donald Rumsford quote. So it's that same idea. And I think in the end, we're all going to be okay. And again, the interest rates right now aren't terrible. They're just not great. But if you look in historic terms, they're still pretty good. It's still pretty good investment environment subject to the craziness that is this inflation that we've just not experienced in a generation. Yeah, and you know the the other thing is that for almost every presentation when I talk about industrial land prices, especially in, in the GTA, and some of the meetings are a week apart, all I know is that somebody in the room says you're wrong. This is the offer we got last week, or this is the asking price of this. So even even with 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 some of the things with the interest rates and perhaps the slowing of of, of demand, price prices are still moving. And especially based on uh, scarcity of uh, of um, certain property types. So again, I'm almost every week I'm being corrected, especially with uh, land prices. It's all about supply and demand. If there's yeah. not enough supply, the price is always going to go up. And that's why I think we're all in Canada. The fundamentals are there across the major cities in terms of supply demand driven by immigration. So we know eventually it all balances itself. The question is, how long is the pain if we have some pain? If a recession comes, how bad is it? How long does it last? And how quickly can we, can inflation get back in order? And then we return back to normal again. And then I, I suspect you know, we fast forward 10 years, we'll be sat here complaining that we don't have enough labor, we don't have enough supply, and we don't have enough homes again. And we're in the exact same endless cycle we seem to have been in um, for the, what, the last 10, 15 years now, where we just don't seem to be able to catch up across Canada, albeit with those little pauses in certain areas for a couple of years here and there. So um, next week, we're going to be doing the podcast. So the next podcast will be Colin Dore. And I made the joke earlier about his uh, extremely good benefits package he has since he got promoted. So the next one, he's going to be talking about um, projects, um, basically forbearance, liquidation, council projects. And his experiences, he started off down in the Caribbean when things went horribly wrong um, a number of years ago. I think that's probably close to 15 years ago. So he's earned his stripes in the Caribbean. He's seen some projects here. So he's going to talk about his experiences, not so much on the negative side, but the positive side of if your project is struggling, how you can approach that to try and fix it, bring it back online and get it through to the end. So we're going to try and avoid the negativity a little bit with the thing, but that one will be interesting to talk to. Although Colin has a Scottish accent, he's actually English. So you just need to remember that when he comes on. And Johannes has said he will put subtitles for Colin. So then myself and Ray understand what Colin's saying. So thanks, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>